0: The industry statistics, it's a little over, that's one in 15 of the people who begin the search to buy a business in whatever guise that may be, don't get to the finish line. And that was one of the, the most substantial motivating factors for me to originally write the materials because I had gone through it a number of times. At that point when I wrote, it was probably about 10 times that I'd acquire businesses. And again, I, I made a lot of mistakes along the way. And um, some costly ones, but, but, but ultimately it all proved to be terrific learning experience because it's what you learn from it that's important. And so when I became aware of how little information there was for people, valuable information, real-world information, practical, that you could put to use immediately. not.
1: You are tuning in to For Better Self and Net Worth podcast. This is a podcast where I encourage you to live the life of your dreams by adopting the right mindset, navigating through tough challenges and respecting your bank account. I interview entrepreneurs and empire builders from across the globe as they share how they have come to live the lives of their dreams and the challenges they had to break through. I also have a few solo episodes where I talk about the lessons learned and navigating in a world full of naysayers, negative mindsets, and money grabbers. I personally believe that attitude is everything. And with the right attitude, you can get the life that you dream of. I'm so glad you're on this journey with me. If you're listening, make sure you have hit the subscribe button. And on Apple, give me some love by leaving a review. Most of all, I hope every episode you hear on here leaves you inspired and on fire to live your best life without breaking the bank. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to For Better Self and Net Worth podcast. I am so excited to have Richard Parker, a mergers and acquisitions expert with me on the show today. He has such a great portfolio of success. He has a course called How to Buy a Business at a Great Price. Over 100,000 copies have that course have been sold. He's purchased 13 of his own companies. One is a co-investment. The worth has ranged anywhere from $50,000 to over $200 million. He's worked with Ray Dalio and he's just got such an impressive background to share with us. So, Richard, thanks so much for being on the show.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate being here.
1: Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us a background. Maybe you can go into a little more detail about who you are and what you're about.
0: Okay, perfect. so I, I originally from Canada. I live in South Florida now that's where I'm speaking to you at the nicest part nicest part of the year for the weather. I've been in the m a world of m a for thirty three years. On all sides, buy side, sell side, and an investment side, as you mentioned, I worked with the Dalio family for four years on a full-time basis, uh, mentoring Ray's uh, son on the uh, fine art of buying businesses. And I've worked as an intermediary, mostly on the sell side with with larger transactions. And the course that you allude to, I'm uh, probably my most gratifying work because we've helped tens of thousands of people all over the world, over 80 countries, acquire businesses and something I'm very, very proud of. And um, hopefully, could share some uh, terrific information with your listeners.
1: That sounds awesome! So impressive, and I know the course world the that has been a very popular, um, very popular entity with millennials. Yes, kind of having so that, that
0: interaction. So the the course world is it's an interesting subject because the world has changed quite a bit. The course world and people's direct learning has changed and, and evolved. And I'm not sure if it's really evolved for the better over the last few years because there's proliferation of, of generic information. Uh, so the internet in some regards has been the best thing to happen to the world of business selling because uh, so because of access probably for more individuals. But the flip side has been pretty dangerous because there's just a ton of generic, unhelpful, misleading Information. I'm not necessarily sure that it's misinformation, but I guess you can quantify or qualify misinformation or misleading information as one and the same. And the other thing that's happened is you see a tremendous amount of people in the course business who are um, delusional, delusional in nature, right? Just these promises of being able to help people acquire riches, you know, get rich quick, or acquire great businesses for no money down. And those are just idle promises. And it's something we fight all the time because, you know, we operate from a very real world, practical, prudent advice you can put to use immediately. So on the one side, yes, latest generation, millennials, Gen Z are, are, are accessing the internet more for this type of information. But the cautionary tale is be careful in the way you access this or what information you're acquiring because some of it is really invalid.
2: That's
1: correct. And it's, you know, basically, just about anyone can go online and create a course on how to do something. But you kind of have a background to back it, not just kind of, you have a background to back it up.
0: Yes, this is what I've been doing every day for 30 years. The one thing that I've learned is, and I've, been involved in a bunch of different businesses. and A lot of them have been very different departures, different types of businesses. And so one of the things that I learned a long time ago is the the oldest formula for success when you want to embark on a new project is just find someone who's already achieved a measure of success or successful at it and just copy them. There's There's no better formula to accelerate your learning curve, right? And so when it comes to the The uh, course that we provide, this is all real-world, hands-on experience from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of transactions, some of successful, other ones that weren't, but even our valuation uh, product that's a a module within the program, that's stress-tested on over 1,000 successful transactions. So, yes, I appreciate the recognition that this is 100% been there, done that, uh, from that perspective.
1: Would you say that Ray Dalio was a big mentor for you?
0: Yes, in a lot of regards, his son, who I mentored, we worked uh, side by side for a number of years. And unfortunately, he was killed in a car accident on December 20th, uh, 2020. And so uh, his son, Devin, had an enormous influence on my life because we were close like brothers. We worked together face to face. We sat across the uh, desk from each other. We didn't even have separate offices. So we had an unbelievable relationship. And yet he, Devin had a lot of impact on my life. And clearly Ray, from the standpoint of some of his writings in this principles book. And, you know, I blessed that I have a incredible relationship with the family. I'm actually going to be seeing them in a few weeks. And I would strongly advise anybody who's uh, interested in, in business and in, and principles, guiding principles for for business and for life and relationships, certainly take advantage his his book principles is just unbelievable. And when you have the the opportunity, as I've been as I've had to to uh, have a personal relationship with him, you know, I think people are maybe get, have a misunderstanding. He's a regular guy. He's what you see is what you get. He's just down to earth. He's over the top, fair, kind, generous. And um, so I, you know, I see him as my my late buddy's dad, right? And I I'm in awe of his accomplishments, but I'm not intimidated by him because we have a, this beautiful personal relationship. But a lot of things during the four years that I spent working under the family office, the learning was unbelievable, unbelievable. So yes, it, in, indeed, he has a he's has had you know a major impact on 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 my life and and a lot of the learnings because he's such a educationally driven individual.
1: What an absolute privilege. And I would say that you've had influence on the Dahlia family as well.
0: I'd like to think so. It's, it's been a nice symbiotic relationship gone. You know, it started off transactional. I was hired to teach uh, Devin, he should rest in peace. And, um, and it developed from a transactional relationship to a personal relationship, a deep, meaningful personal relationship. So. That's been uh, one of the wonderful highlights of my life indeed.
1: Around this time that this episode's being recorded, it is coming to the end of the year. It's almost December. And people are thinking about, you know, what they wish they would have done this year and maybe what they're, what they would have put out into the world next year. Or even for like me, I'll get started on my New Year's resolutions in December because I like to think of myself as an overachiever. What advice do you have for aspiring business owners or people that well, want to buy a business and kind of get that get income, whether it be supplemental or their full time income? Maybe somebody that is going to buy a business at the at the very first time.
0: So it's a great question. I you know I start my resolutions in July, so it's kind of more planning. Yeah, more planning because I. I you know, I just don't subscribe to this idea. So many people fall off their New Year's resolutions in January. So I try to move it up six months, take advantage of it then. But it's no doubt yeah. there is a we always see a a a bump in January, and I always call them the New Year's resolutioners. Overall the 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 statistics in our industry are pretty dismal. Not our statistics, but the industry statistics, because ninety percent of the people who begin the search to buy a business never complete a transaction. We're very Uh, We're almost a complete opposite. 82% of our clients acquire a business within six months. And that's the the difference between those two categories of people, those who succeed and those who fail, comes down to one thing, which is knowledge and preparation. This is a a, a process or a project that I can assure anybody it is doable. Like, I'm the poster child from this. I didn't have a fancy education. I didn't start with a lot of money. And I'm not a rags to riches type of story. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not a victim. Um, no. But I really started with very little. And this is very doable. It's within anybody's grasp. It's just a matter of, it, it's not a difficult process, but it's a complicated process. So you have to yeah. reduce this to bite sized pieces. But I can assure anybody that this is doable. And one thing that we find is people that, have these ideas that they want to do something new in January is getting motivated to do it.
1: And I want to go back and revisit the statistics. So over 90% of people that intend to buy a business never transact.
0: That is correct. The industry statistics, it's a little over that's one in 15 of the people who begin the search to buy a business in whatever guise that may be don't get to the finish line. And that was one of the, the most substantial motivating factors for me to originally write the materials because I had gone through it a number of times. At that point when I wrote, it was probably about 10 times that I'd acquire businesses. And again, I, I made a lot of mistakes along the way and um, some costly ones, but, the, but, but ultimately it all proved to be terrific learning experience because of what you learn from it that's important. And so when I became aware of how little information there was for people, valuable information, real-world information, practical, that you could put to use immediately. Not delusional stories of of how to go about this. I became really obsessed with this concept of so many people were failing because it just didn't make any sense to me. I mean, I'm not a fancy, smart guy, and I've got to the finish line a bunch of times, and that was really my motivating factor for writing the materials. And I spent a year doing research about how, why so many people fail and how they go about it. And, and the mistakes were common, right? People just jump in and start looking at businesses for sale without any knowledge, without any exp- expertise, without any uh, mentorship, without any guidance. And the, the questions that they come across or the decisions that they have to make are too overwhelming. They're not prepared. And it's a big investment of your time, your future. And so they abort rather than having... you know. So that's why everything we've tailored has been the long of this hand-holding approach that we take, not only we break the materials down into what people need to know what to do and how to do it, but we hold their hand and tell them when they have any questions, they call us, they email us. We never charge them for that. And so, you know, the failure statistics make perfect sense. If you have, it's like, imagine if you have a race and everybody's at the starting blocks and there's a finish line down down the path, right? Now, the gun goes off, but everybody runs in a different direction. That's what it looks like for most business buyers.
1: So, paint that picture for me again. They start the race and they never they, make the finish line?
0: They just—they never make the finish line because one thinks you need to go north, one thinks you need to turn to the left, one thinks you have to stand there because they, they have no idea how to get out of the starting gates or what they thought What makes sense to the individual who's just starting out as to what they think the approach should be, which is I'm guilty of that way back when. What you think is the logical approach is the following. Well, I've always worked. I've worked in healthcare, or I've worked in distribution, or I worked in um, I worked in uh, you know the uh, a, a consumer products company, and somehow you believe that that is the type of business that you should buy, and it's not. Because that's experience. That's not expertise. It's what you did in that industry. That's expertise. And the most important factor that people have to come to grips with is what type of business is right for them. And we did a study a number of years ago with a thousand and four um, uh, sample. None of the people had purchased our materials. And we asked them a series of questions to rank What is the biggest concern that they have during the business buying process from uh, due diligence to arranging financing to uh, accurately valuing the business to determining what type of business is right for them? We give them five choices. 74% of the people stated that buying the right business for them is their single biggest concern. And yet they all go about it the wrong way. They jump online, they start searching endless business for sale listings, trying to figure out which, if any, is right for them. And it's ass backwards. You first have to figure out what type of business is right for you. And then it's quite easy to find and buy it. And the mantra that I've been using for decades, teaching and preaching is whatever it is that you do best has to be the single most important driving factor of the revenue and profits of any business you consider purchasing. You have to marry your best skills to, biz- to a business that needs that skill. And because for, for everything else you can hire and everybody has a golden skill, everybody, no matter, it could be sales, it could be marketing, it could be putting a plan together, it could be logistics, working with a team, whatever that top skill is, that's what you have to marry to a business that needs that to drive the business forward.
1: Absolutely. When you said that a lot of people maybe go online and see all the misinformation, it made me think of people that maybe get a headache and start trying to go on Wikipedia to diagnose themselves. After Google. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you have a headache, you go online. By the end of your search, you have a brain tour.
1: Exactly.
0: And, and that's what, and that's a perfect analogy. Compliments to you because it's a perfect analogy. Thank you. Yeah. And and what happens in this case, Not there's a proliferation of information and everybody's an expert, right? It costs nothing to make yourself look like a guru. Now, you just may be a guru in marketing. You might not even have any knowledge about the subject matter, but you you even have a proliferation of information that people use in all sectors. I mean, that that use for search engine optimization that are, aren't even related. And so being able to really quantify the information. You know, one of the things you talked earlier about um, the the. The learnings that I had when I worked with the family office, with the Dalio family office, one thing that they're huge subscribers in is this, this believability factor. And who is the most believable party related to solving a problem or a question? Because everybody has an opinion. But my opinion, I might have an opinion of how to run a podcast, but yours is much better than mine. And you may have an opinion about how to go buy, about buying a business, but it doesn't come close to my opinion on it, Right. And so yes. you go to, you want to go to the believable party. And what the internet does is it muddies those waters because you can't figure out who is the believable party. And if you can get to the believable party, whether that be a mentor or someone that you purchase materials, courses, uh, hire them as consultants, uneaten, whatever it is that you're planning to do, that's who you want to hone in to, right? Because everybody else, that's just white noise.
1: And you have to remember that people, you were talking about SEO, people are paying to be the first thing on someone's page. Yes. Same with the algorithm. I mean, a lot of people will get their information from opinions that they see on social media. Oh, do they ever? Yeah, this is how I got in the best health. This is why I vote the way I do. This is what the Bible, you know, people will just take things out of context and it's not always censored,
0: correct? And it's not always valuable. And you bring up an unbelievable point because it's so a- applicable to what what I do every day. And there's just this in uh, uh, almost like this obscene amount of information, and getting to the right information. And it becomes worse as social media grows and grows where people are finding yeah. their information. And what I typically do when I have to search a subject, I usually start at page three and work my way backwards. You know, most people, seems to, it seems to be the start if they're at the top of the search rankings, well, they got to be more accurate. And it's not necessarily the case because it's exactly that you bring up. I mean, I could pay to be at the top of the search results or pay to have my videos on at, at, at page one. And the information by digging deeper in everything. And it's not just in, in the world that I'm involved in. It's exactly what you allude to. It, Whatever you're looking for information on, the information is there. But you have to be intelligent enough to sift through the information. And that's where I think there's, you know, if we can get into a whole different conversation related to it. I mean, I think there's a, a massive problem. You know, one generation ago, it was just with the advent of the internet. It was like uh, kids going through school don't have to be smarted. The thinking was, they don't have to be smart anymore. You'd have to be smart enough to know how to find the information. Yep. And now, we you know, with AI, it's going to be, it's not even, they don't even have to be that smart anymore. They just have to know how to type in a few words.
1: Type in a few and, words, yeah.
0: And so, like, we're going to have, it, it, this is a philosophical question, not at all related to m and but it's like, we're watching the dumbing down of, of the world right in front of our eyes, I fear.
1: It is scary. And, you know, the education system, it's huh. not how you think, it's what you think.
0: Correct. Poisonous.
1: Exactly. It it is scary. I'm glad you brought that up, even though it's a little bit off the subject. um, But you're making a really good point. Actually, it's not just, but you're making a really great point is you're empowering people to kind of critically think, figuring out what's best for them, figuring out their best path, as opposed to Googling it or seeing what everybody else is saying.
0: Correct. I, you can become an expert pretty quickly on any subject matter, going um, assembling information online. And when I say an expert, I mean an expert at nothing, right? Because there's just there's no value in the information. And the problem is that when you don't know something about a subject, you're at your most vulnerable time. And you have a tendency to believe what you heard last. And so this concept of speaking to and accessing information from the most believable parties, the people who have been there, who have done that, who had a measure of success, people that, are, that you like, that you trust, that come across in a sincere and meaningful way wanting to help you, whatever that subject may be, that's where people have done a poor a. a, pourable, a a horrible job for the most part of being able to dissect that information and to really find like, what's true. It's information, but it doesn't mean it's true.
1: Now you're talking about distractions and maybe kind of people getting misinformed and veering off the path. Have there been, has there been an experience for you where you may have felt misled or pulled into the wrong direction? On your journey
0: clearly when and i think you individuals would experience this if they went through the process of looking to buy or sell a company because you get information for example from someone whose business is for sale they present the financial information and in a far too many cases the actual numbers aren't the numbers I'm not saying they're lying. I'm not saying it's fraudulent, but they've been massaged in a good way, or it's the proverbial put, you know, put lipstick on a pig to make the business look better, but it's still a pig. And many deals, especially at the lower end, I'm talking like Main Street USA type of businesses in the lower end of the market. 50% of those deals fall apart in due diligence. So the buyer and seller have agreed and 50% of those deals fall apart. And most of the time it's because the sale, the, the numbers do not add up to what was originally represented. And so as you get into larger deals, or if I've gotten into larger deals, the level of sophistication between the parties increases, and thus there's far less misrepresentation. But make no mistake, it does happen. The the reason why I ended up writing this course was a result of misrepresentation. I got involved in a transaction I had a deal agreed to, wasn't enormous. It was a little over a million dollars. I was involved in my due diligence. They had three different companies that were operating. And I'm not suggesting that the seller was being fraudulent, but I could never make heads or tails. They were taking revenue from one business, putting it into another. When he needed cash, he took business from one business, from one business, lent it to the other. There was no proper paper trail. Like The financials were like a plate of spaghetti. And when, when I walked away from the deal... I remember standing outside and thinking to myself, you know, the average schmuck would have bought this business. And it's not because they're, they're um, ill-intentioned, they're dumb, and, the, and it's not because I'm a genius that I walk. It's only because I, I've done it so many times and I was able to f- see the problems. But that's what started me on my journey to see how people go about this process who have no prior experience. It was that particular event, and it was a misleading event.
1: And that's great that you're able to share that because that way people can kind of learn from what you've been through and have a greater success rate. And you've had 30 years of success and have been well-trusted. And I mean, the success of your course, is phenomenal.
0: Thank you. I've had plenty of failures. Don't get me wrong. So, but you, it's, it's really what you do with those failures. And in the process of, you know, in my world of buying and selling businesses, I've always kept terrific records in every transaction, in every conversation of what was discussed, what was rebutted, what I offered, what they came back with, what I did, what was the outcome, and measured those outcomes. And it's really, as as a result of doing it for so many years and looking at the failures and being able to analyze those in a good way. Because it's very easy to say, you, you know, a, the life of an entrepreneur Includes failures. Like, Absolutely. There's very, there's very few entrepreneurs who've hit it out of the park like the first go, right? If you And so the ability is to dust yourself off and keep forging ahead and pushing through. But you have to take what you learned and may what caused you to scrape your knees and say, okay, how did that happen? How do I avoid? If the same situ- situation arises, how do I avoid, avoid that? Well, what I would do differently you know, what, what the learning was. And, you know, one of the most important things along the way is you, you're going to make mistakes. Just try to avoid making big ones.
1: I love that. Definitely. It's like, you can, you can let failure kind of hold you back or you can let it be a slingshot, just pull you back only to spring forward. You can learn from it.
0: Absolutely. And what you can and do you could, differently. And you could, and if you use your analogy of a, of a slingshot, I mean, you could actually be propelled further ahead the next time. Right.
1: Exactly. That, that,
0: and that and that's the objective. And so, you know, people that are thinking about going into businesses, that's why when I say don't make a big mistake, sometimes you got to start off small. My first business was tiny. And so getting into it, and sometimes it's even on a part-time basis, but you want to get into it and learn with it, about it, and from it. And there's
1: going to be failures. That's That's just life. So good. So good. Well, tell us about what you have in store for the future.
0: So I've really re-energized myself related to some of the materials that we um, provide. We've we've done some tremendous updates in the last little while, like added some really significant pieces to the materials. So that's very exciting. And I'm not a social media guy. I'm like an old fart. So a lot of the social medias has passed me by. But probably about a year ago, I use, my, I, I use Instagram to look at uh, a lot of things related to ice hockey and football. I'm a big ice hockey fan. And I kept coming across these um, ads around the world of business sales and purchases. And a lot of them were really delusional and really bothersome. And people that, that were presenting themselves as gurus in these, in these industries. And they had no experience in this. They were gurus at marketing. Right. They, most of them had never even Absolutely. done what they, right. That's right. Most of them had never even <laughs> done what they are the selling algorithm. material. They know the algorithm. And
1: how to get past it.
0: And how to get past it. And they plead a very good case. And if you're looking to do something meaningful in your life, whether it be to health-wise, financially, buying a business or whatever, and you do are smart enough to take the step of say, um, I need some good information. Well, you're at your most open-minded and vulnerable time. And if someone comes across with this terrific sales pitch, pardon my French, even if it's completely full of shit, you're, you're, <laughs> that's the time when you're going to buy, do something stupid. And so when I started seeing all these things coming across my Instagram, I said, wait a minute, this is ridiculous. These people are offering products to people for tens of thousands of dollars. And people are, are, are getting sucked in. And so I really started to feel... Like, this is my obligation. And keep in mind, I never went into this business to make money. If you would have told me from the beginning, I would have sold 10 copies, I would have never believed. I would have believed it would have happened. I went into this business with the only agenda to help one person. I just wanted to put all my years of, of experiences into a into a document. And the night before we launched our website, even my wife asked me how many I'm hoping to sell. Said if I could help one, help one person buy the right business or avoid buying the wrong one that'll be a perfect um, use of my time. I'll be thrilled. It'll be worth all the amount of time I put into it. So I never dreamed it would turn into this. And so when I started seeing all of these crazy ads as a social media, it it just really energized me when you ask what's in store. Like I really feel it's my obligation to provide people with good information and give them the ability to call me or email me anytime. I'm happy to get on a call. I never charge people I just, you know, I've been very blessed in my life. I've been able to accomplish some unbelievable things that if you would have told me 30 years ago that here's where I'd be sitting, I would never believe you. And so having the, um, the blessing really to, to be able to share some of that information, especially at this stage in my life, is really um, something wonderful and been doing it for a number of years and it's really worked out terrific. And it was, it was almost the perfect example if, if you focus on um, doing right or getting it right, Somehow, you know, and, and some of the money follows. I would, like I said, I would, I would never, ever dream that it would turn into what it's turned into.
1: Well, congratulations on that and the Thank success you. that you've had and that you're going to continue to have.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
1: Now, tell us a little bit more about how we can get in contact with you, follow you, and work with you.
0: So the easiest way is people should go to the website, richardparker.com. There's hundreds and hundreds of free articles related to buying a business on every category and and all the steps of the process. And, and, you know, our materials are available there as well. But certainly people can get lost in good information that doesn't cost them any money at all. There's a contact us page there. If someone wants to speak to me personally, just fill in the uh, contact us page form and just mention the message that to please pass it on to me. And I'm happy to respond personally. If someone wants to get on a phone call, has some specific questions, you know, I've, uh, I'm happy to help in any way I can.
1: Well, thank you so much, Richard. And thank you for being on the show and sharing some amazing advice with us.
0: Thank you. I appreciate your time and it was a pleasure being here.
2: listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. In this community, we think you'll find your self-worth comes before your net worth and everything else. We also think you were designed to go after the life you want by ditching societal norms, knowing exactly who you are as an individual and going after your unique purpose here on this earth. Every week, Ella interviews an entrepreneur that designed the life they wanted among the challenges, naysayers, and leaving outside their comfort zone. Or, you're going to hear straight from Ella, where she talks about the important lessons she's learned in life and how she's achieved the overall happiness she has. This is Ella, the host for Better Self and Net Worth. Based out of Nashville, Tennessee, she makes every single day an adventure. You'll always find her right here behind the microphone, sharing all her thoughts with all of you. And we appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this episode.